Good morning. Today is Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. I'd like to share with you two stories, and I'm going to ask you to try to keep both of them in your mind side by side. The first story is about the New Birth Missionary Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Dorothy Nash is one of their many volunteers, and they hold services that on the holidays attract thousands of worshipers. And several hours before the service begins, a group of volunteers, they call them Levites, walk up and down every aisle and touch each seat and say a prayer that the person who will sit in that seat will be moved and inspired by the upcoming service. I think that's a great idea, and I would love to do that here. So keep that in mind, and now the second story. The second story is about a great rabbi in the 19th century, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Now, what a rabbi does on the afternoon before Yom Kippur tells you a lot about that rabbi. Rabbis are extremely busy. There is always too much to do. And we try to be involved in activities that are appropriate to the approach of the holiest day of the year. So what we do usually indicates in some way our system of priorities. So Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was seen in the synagogue on the afternoon before Yom Kippur with a hammer. And someone said to him, Rabbi, what are you doing with a hammer? And whatever it is, why does it have to be done right now? So Yisrael Salanter said to him, there will be a big crowd in Shul tonight for Kol Nidre, and I am checking all of the seats of the synagogue to see if anywhere there is a nail sticking up on which a person might scratch themselves. So hold both of those images, <coughs> Dorothy Nash and Rabbi Salanter, side by side in your mind, because they represent two models, two answers to the question, what is holiness? On Yom Kippur, we are preoccupied with holiness. You will notice the Hebrew word for holy, kadosh, or kedushah, is repeated in our prayers throughout the day, but what is holiness? Well, on Yom Kippur, holiness is fasting, wearing white garments, praying all day. In other words, being like an angel with no physical needs, only the spiritual need to commune with God. In ancient times, as we've discussed, the focal point on Yom Kippur was the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, who would perform the rituals and sacrifices in the Beit HaMikdash, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. It was the one day of the year that he, 
and he alone would enter the Kodesh HaKadoshim. There are those words again, the Holy of Holies, the inner sanctum of the temple no one else was ever allowed to enter. And even though the temple has not existed for 2,000 years, we still describe this scene in detail as a major part of our service tomorrow afternoon in order to recall and visualize these mysterious, esoteric, holy rituals. And at the end of that description, we say a prayer, Mare Cohen, that describes the appearance of the Kohen Gadol as he left the holy and holies in peace. His face was like the heavenly canopy, like the lightning bolt from the angels, like the morning star. That's really holy. And at the moment of peak holiness, the holiest of the holy, he would say a prayer. A startling prayer, which we quote in our service. It includes this passage. And concerning the residents of Sharon, Sharon was a town in Israel in a valley where the land was very unstable and it was really not suitable for building. Concerning the residents of Sharon, may it be your will, God, that their homes not become their graves. All right. So now the high priest is a building inspector. Why should he pray for this to begin with? First of all, if it's not a safe place to live, move somewhere else. And if the construction is poor and you're worried about the buildings falling down, reinforce it. But in any event, why is this a concern for the moment he exits the Holy of Holies? Couldn't he stick to more spiritual requests in keeping with the holiness of the moment? Rabbi David Meshelov answers that in our tradition, there is a second type of holiness. This holiness is not mysterious. It's not spiritual. It's not esoteric. This holiness is rooted firmly in our physical world and is devoted to looking after the needs of others. For me to make sure that you don't scratch yourself on a nail is every bit as holy as praying that you are inspired by worship. And this is one of the primary lessons of Yom Kippur. Another centerpiece of our service tomorrow is the Haftorah, the passage we read from the prophet Isaiah, which is chosen to express better than any rabbi ever will the essence of this holy day. The prophet tells us, this is what God says, I am exalted and holy, yet I am with the contrite and lowly of spirit. 
Every day you seek me. You desire to be close to me by fasting and praying. Obviously, this is the connection of Yom Kippur, the day on which we're fasting and praying in order to come closer to God. But God says, this is the fast that I choose. This is how you can truly come close to me. Share your bread with the hungry. Let those who are needy feel welcome in your home. Do not ignore your fellow. Then your light will burst forth like the dawn and the glory of God will gather you in. Isaiah is challenging us to widen our conception of holiness, to include caring for the mundane needs of others. That is as holy or maybe even more holy than fasting and praying. Judaism insists there are two types of holiness, the spiritual and the worldly. And it is both types of holiness that Yom Kippur calls for. Allow me to finish with this story. This is a story I hope will touch every one of you as we enter Yom Kippur. I heard this story from Shlomo Katz, and it's about a great Hasidic rabbi, the Rebbe of Slonim. The Slonim Rebbe once found himself at an inn, and in the lobby he sees a Jew who is shining holiness. He has never in his life seen a Jew who radiated such holiness as this Jew. So he said to the stranger, My sweet Jew, you are clearly so holy, so special. What is your story? Who are you? Where are you from? And the man says, I'm no one special. I live in a nearby village. I come here to do business. I'm just a simple Jew. I have almost no Jewish knowledge. I don't pray much because I have trouble reading. When I open the prayer book after a few words, it's just too hard. So I just sit. But there is one thing I do say every night before I go to bed. I start to say Shema Yisrael, but then I don't remember the rest of the words. But every night before I go to sleep, I say, Master of the universe, there is only one thing I ask of you. If you do not believe that tomorrow I can do all you need me to do in this world? If you don't think I can get the job done, the job for which you brought me into this world, don't wake me in the morning. But master of the universe, if you believe that tomorrow I can do what you need me to do in this world, only then do I ask that you wake me in the morning. That's what it means 
every morning when we wake up, it means that God believes we can get the job done. The spiritual job and the worldly job. What an attitude. What an approach to life. My friends, I wish for you and I wish for me that God will find us meriting the ability to do the job he has for us and wake us tomorrow and every morning with a shnatova, a happy, healthy, and meaningful new year. My friends, thank you so much for joining. Have a wonderful day. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.